We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday, May the 11th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. New camera. Who this? We have officially upgraded to a new camera. You guys let me know what you think. But either way, guys, we're rocking. We're rolling here on this Thursday, taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. I see Bruin Nation, GA, Travi, John Edward, Brennan M., Madison Duncan, appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, we are live rocking and rolling here on this Thursday. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. To Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, guys, really excited to chat with you all. I'm kind of playing around with some of the camera settings um, I know this is a little bit of a, maybe a darker picture. Is it just me or does it look a little bit darker? I don't know. Either way, it's a little bit clearer. And hopefully we will not have the the uh, the hackers or really just the glitches we had with the old camera. We shall see. But either way, you guys, let me know what you think about the picture and uh, we'll make adjustments and we'll rock and roll. Uh, Bruin Nation says the camera's moving in a shade darker. That's because I was messing with it, Bruin Nation. That was on me. It is a shade darker. It is a shade darker. I got to continue to play with it. Chase Floyd, it's 1080p, and I know you're just being a slap dick. So, slap dicks will slap dick. Either way, guys, head over to the TDC questions here to the Big Cock Club Discord. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'll take your questions, comments, and calls there. Of course, guys, as always, TDC and the Spurs Up show brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down to the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Guys, they got anything and everything you need. You can play college sports, pro sports, anything and everything you can think of. They've got it over at Price Picks. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show and of the Daily Crow have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Already a very, very busy day. For the very last time, by the way, the podcast dropped separately, right? Starting next week, I'm not going to be saying, hey, the podcast dropped, this dropped, because this will serve as 
the podcast. And I know many of you will not dis- or will not agree with that decision, but that is how we are going to operate. That is how we're going to rock. Uh, so again, the podcast version of things dropped this morning, a full series preview uh, as South Carolina takes on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Also, guys, a fantastic conversation with former Gamecocks defensive line coach and absolute legend Brad Lawing. As I sat down with him one-on-one at his house, had a fantastic conversation Uh, One that I know you guys are sure to enjoy. Again, we talked Travian Robertson. We talked the 2022 season. Travi, you'll love the show because we talked run game. We talked stop of the run. Really, really fun and exciting stuff. So be sure to check that out. Also, we talk the 2023 season. Spencer Rattler, uh, everything in between, guys. Really, really good stuff. Y'all go check that out again. TSUS episode 783. But like I mentioned for the last time, that is the way we will operate because starting on Sunday night, that will be the podcast. That will drop at 5 a.m. on Monday via podcast version. And every single day, guys, Monday through Friday, we'll do the Daily Crow. The podcast version of it will drop, um, or the segments, if you will, will drop at 5 p.m. Eastern. So we're going to hit my morning commute, folks. We're going to hit my afternoon commute, folks. We're going to make sure you guys get the information that you need. So either way, guys, also let me remind you that starting Monday, this show will be exclusively on YouTube. It will be on the Spurs Up Show YouTube. The Space Spurs Space Up Space Show YouTube. I say that because as you probably saw this morning, there's somebody on YouTube that thinks it's very funny to impersonate us, which it's totally fine. The beauties and the banter, and I love when slap dick, slap dick, it makes for a really good time and a lot of fun. But there is somebody out there that's commenting as the Spurs Up Show and pretending to be me, and obviously trying to smear my name and smear the business and everything else in between. So just be sure you know who you're tuning into, guys. If you ever have a question, just click the account. You're going to see that it's not us. You're going to see that it's not us. Either way, just wanted to throw that out there and point that out. Uh, Yeah, and starting Monday, of course, guys, three hours of the Daily Crow. M. Duncan, how can you tell the difference between TSUS and the YouTube troll TSUS? Again, Madison, I just told you. The Spurs Up Show trolling is the Spurs Up Show with no spaces. Ours is the Spurs Up Show with spaces. And also, Madison Duncan, I never comment on YouTube. Like, I, I never do. It It's never me. The only time it's ever been me is when I've been in Shane Beamer's presser and I comment Beamer Ball. That's literally it, Madison. I never comment on YouTube. I never comment on YouTube. Just put it that way. Uh, so anyways, uh, Mother Clucker, Chase in the TDC Questions channel, he says, it was a great idea to merge the pod and the Daily Crow. I unfortunately don't listen to the pod due to getting all Gamecock news immediately in here now, but for content, the new format is fire. Uh, some of the calls were drying out TDC, speaking from a non-biased analysis rather than being fake about it, but I'm ready to start listening again with this new format. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate you, Mother Clucker. And again, I appreciate the feedback. By the way, guys, again, we do have a new camera. So if you're thinking to yourself, Chris looks a lot different. It's a shade darker. It is actually clearer, though. I do like the camera. The focus is really good. This is a Logitech 1080p. It's just the newer version of what we're already using. But I'll probably continue to play around with the picture, play around with the camera, if you will. Play, Play around with also the lighting. I think as the cameras get nicer, obviously, you need more and more and more lighting. We've already got good lighting in here, but I'll probably continue to add but all in all, you guys let me know what you think. I think it looks pretty good, actually. Uh, anyways, guys, the big news of this morning. The big news of this morning. Will Sanders will be out for this weekend. Uh, will Sanders out for the weekend with an injury. Also, I was told that he was going to get bumped out of the starting rotation anyways. And it sounds like 
there is going to be a massive, a massive shakeup in the weekend rotation uh, per JB, JC, and those guys. Eli Jones will get the baseball tonight or tomorrow night, excuse me. <clears throat> Eli Jones will get the baseball tomorrow night against Arkansas. And uh, guys, I don't think that'll be the only shakeup, if you will, that we'll see over the weekend. Where will Jack Mahoney be? Will he come out of the bullpen? Whatever. Uh, maybe there's some gamesmanship going on by who will start, who will not. I was told by JB, apparently Dave Van Horn does not like to drop his weekend rotations ahead of time. So South Carolina may counter and not drop theirs as well. We do know that Will Sanders is out for the weekend. And guys, this comes, and I'll tell you this, this comes directly from the source. And I will just say that it couldn't be closer to the source. And I'll just leave it at that. But either way, um, you know, Gamecocks have got to fight. Either way, he would not, he would not come or he would not start either way, would be out of the bullpen, but it, it is confirmed he is out for the weekend uh with a undisclosed lower body body injury, undisclosed lower body injury. So um we'll see what happens. Um I will say this: I commend Mark Kingston and company for making it making a change and just shaking things up a little bit. Obviously. They want to switch things up. They want to change things up and see if it'll work for them. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I commend them at least for doing that. So, again, guys, phone lines are open. Uh, this format will change going into next week, as we've talked about. We will save all of our voicemails and our questions, if you will, until the end of the show, the last hour of the show. Also, on that note, on that note, and uh, I see my good friend Coleman says it's honestly a little grainier on my end. Well, that might be a you thing, Coleman. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to check after the show. But on my end, it is crystal clear. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is me. We'll check after the show. Either way, guys, you know, we just roll with the punches here. I haven't done a test. This is the first test of the new camera. Um, either way, though, um, really excited, guys, on the special guest side of things. Let me give you an update. Let me give you an update. Right now, as you all know, we've got J.C. Sherbert, by the way, joining the show today at 1.15, okay? J.C. Sherbert joining the show today at 1.15. And what we've been rolling with recently is Mark Rogers on Monday, Mark Ryan on Wednesday, and J.C. Sherbert on Thursday. Starting next week, starting next week, um, we will go like this. Mark Rogers will be on Monday. J.C. Sherbert will move to Tuesday, okay? Mark Ryan on Wednesday. And then next week, I'm still working on it. I believe J.D. Pakel of On3, he will join us on Thursday. And then no guest Friday of next week, beginning on June the 2nd. So that's actually the Friday beginning of regional weekend. That'll be a really fun weekend. Beginning the week of June the 2nd. We'll go Mark Rogers Monday, J.C. Sherbert Tuesday, Mark Ryan Wednesday, J.D. Pakel Thursday, and on Fridays, beginning June 2nd, every Friday, Jake Crane will join us every single Friday. So looking forward to it. Going to be a lot of fun, guys. We're going to have a loaded, loaded guest lineup week after week on the Daily Crow. Coleman Hall says, I'm on an iPhone 14 Pro Max official Facebook app. I don't think it's me. I don't know, Coleman, either way. It looks clear on my end. Maybe it's... I don't know, maybe the way the stream's coming in, I have no idea. We'll continue to play with it, though. I mean, I can also change I can also change the sharpness of the picture. See, there's a lot of things you can do with this Logitech camera. We'll see. I'm going to play around with the, with the sharpness here. And the reason the camera's moving is I'm touching my Mac. So there's a lot of things you can do. I don't know. You guys tell me if it's less grainy now. 
I just increased the sharpness of the picture. Uh, I think everything needed to be bumped up like 20 points. I don't know why, but it seemed like everything needed to be bumped up 20 points. I don't know. Either way, we'll continue to play around with it. But, uh, yeah, these cameras, man, it's crazy. You can change saturation. You can change contrast. You can change sharpness. You can change brightness. You can change literally anything and everything. It's absolutely crazy. But either way, uh, I'll continue to... I'll continue to take your feedback either way. Um, yeah. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Our series preview is out today. Our series preview is out today. We'll continue to talk about this series as we go into the weekend. But Arkansas, what you'd expect from a Dave Van Horn club, man. They're solid all across the board. A 4-9-8 team ERA overall and in the SEC, by the way. Very, very consistent. Uh, 36 and 12, 17 and 7 in SEC play. So, guys, for example, though, with the content changes, stuff like that, the podcast that released, and I mean, it's it's honestly now that we're doing this change, it makes so much more sense. It makes so much more sense. The podcast that released this morning at 5 a.m. We'll be doing that in this first hour of the show, the first 30 minutes or so. I will do what I did on the podcast this morning. Going over Arkansas, breaking them down as a team, talking South Carolina, what to watch for, our key player of the weekend, and uh, locking in my prediction. In case you missed it, guys, I do have the Arkansas Razorbacks winning two out of three. But I will say this. I will say this. Um, I will say this. I, I, I do believe you're going to see this team. I, I do believe you're going to see this team bounce back and be resilient this weekend. I do. I think you're going to see this team be resilient. I think you're going to see this team. This team ain't dead yet, and I think they're going to play that way. You know, when you're in a slump like this ball club is, your leadership gets tested. I mean, there's no question. Your leadership gets tested. Guys like Cole Messina, right, who I think has done a great job being the emotional, vocal leader of this club. I loved what he said after the series against Kentucky. I know it didn't pan out on Tuesday night, but when he said, you know, I keep telling our guys we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. You need that. You need that to continue, and you need those type of guys to keep the morale up in the clubhouse. Because in this game, again, it's very easy to get down on yourself, to beat up on yourself. I think this team, who has been resilient all year long, I think they're going to respond the right way this weekend. I'm not saying South Carolina is going to win two out of three. That's not what I'm saying. But I think you're going to see them give Arkansas hell for all three games. For whatever reason, there's so many people. There's so many people. I think Gamecock fans, there's a large portion who are addicted to pain. They're gluttons for punishment. And I think if they were honest with us and honest with themselves, they would say, I low-key enjoy it. I low-key enjoy the heartbreak. I enjoy the punishment. I enjoy the negativity because there's so many people that I see right now that are ready to put the final nail in the coffin of this ball club. And I understand shit is going awry right now. I'm not telling you, as I said yesterday, not to be frustrated, but why is everyone chomping at the bit to put the final nail in the coffin? Like, like why is that happening? I do not understand that. I simply put, do not understand. Like, let this team die first. Let them die first. They're not dead yet, guys. Still being projected as a regional host, top eight national seed by some across the board. 
Like, I understand that people look and say, oh, my God, you know, Clem sucks is hot and we're cold and just burn it down. Season's over. Throw in the towel. Thank God the players in the clubhouse don't have the same mentality. I'm not telling you Carolina's going to win two out of three this weekend. That's not what I'm saying. I don't feel like I'm being a sunshine pumper. I don't feel like I'm being sunshine and rainbows. All I am saying is, why are you so eager to put that last nail in the coffin? Let them die. You're trying to bury them before they're even deceased. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I do not get it, man. This is the same team that started 36-4. and four. This is the same team that we were all saying should be the number one team in all of college baseball. And this is a funny game. Even with a shaken-up weekend rotation, all it takes is one guy to step up. You know, my key player going in the weekend, it was, it was Will Sanders because it was more about who's going to set the tone of the weekend. That's what this ball club needs right now. This ball club, more than anything, needs one guy, just one guy to step up and break the mold of what's been happening because right now it's just bad thing after bad thing and you get frustrated and then more bad things happen. All it takes is one guy having a special outing, seven or eight scoreless innings. All it takes is one guy swinging the stick going four for four with two bombs. And all of a sudden you look up and you've won two of three. Or you've you've changed the feeling and changed the narrative going into the end of the season. All it takes, that's all it takes is one guy, right? So, again, I'm not telling you guys to, to be blind to what's going on and, and not be frustrated. This team's got to play better. But I just don't get why people want to put the final nail in the coffin and just completely write off everything this team has done. Guys, if this team loses the next seven in a row, goes two and Q and Hoover, has to travel on the road for the regionals, they lose out in that, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I will bring the hell. I, I will bring it. There's no question I'll bring it. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm just not doing it right now. I'm not doing it right now. So, I would just say again, let the team die first before you bury them. And again, I think there's a lot of Gamecock fans that are gluttons for punishment. I think there's a lot of Gamecock fans that they look forward to being able to bitch on social media. There's a lot of fans that do so. Listen, I love the banter either way. I love when we're killing everybody. I'd prefer us to just rock everybody and go undefeated. And, you know, this show be all me just talking crap to everybody because we're so good. But I'm going to have banter and talk whether we're losing every game or we're winning every game. There's too many people, though, who only want to talk when we're losing every game. See, there's this misconception that TSUS, we, you know, I thrive off of negativity and I thrive off of when we lose. And that could not be further from the truth. Do you really think numbers are better across the board? Podcast downloads, people tuning in the live show, merchandise sold. Do you really think numbers are better when Carolina's losing? Do you actually believe that? There's no way you do. There's no way that you actually believe that. There's no way, right? So I prefer Carolina win at everything. I prefer Carolina win at everything. There's some people, though, I don't know. I think they look forward to tuning in and commenting and bitching when things don't go well. They can't comment when things do go well. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's going on, man? How are you? Hunter, you there? Um, well, you can still you can hear. Yeah, I, hear me yeah, good, yeah. Right? I got you. I got you. Yeah, you were choppy a little bit there. I got you now, though. What's up? Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I, I know a lot of Clemson fans. God, I, I don't even want to start on that subject right now. But uh, like since they're since they've been ranked uh, 16, um, now now they're better than us just because they beat Louisville and you know those other teams. I mean, what's your thoughts on that about them talking? I mean, listen, they're hot right now, and they can feel good about their ball club, but South Carolina still owns the state, so I don't really understand where – I mean, listen, fans are going to trash talk no matter what. Roles are reversed. We'd probably be doing right. the same thing because we'd be hot, they'd be cold, whatever. But i I be honest with you, man. I don't, I don't pay too much attention to it, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, uh, had a, I have a cousin that, um, that's one of the fans. <laughs> he, he's all the time. He's all the shit now. He's like he, – he thinks that – well, obviously, you know, because the girl they're hot right now. I mean, listen, I'll say this. I'll say this. Are they, are they hot right now? Absolutely. But just because they're hot right now and Carolina's cold, it does not guarantee anything, right? South Carolina could go to the Supers right. or go to Omaha, and Clemson could lose in the regional. It, it guarantees nothing. It guarantees nothing. So, I mean, listen, let them get their shots in. Carolina's cold. They're hot. Let them get their shots in. Eric Backage has done a great job. He's done a great job, and there's a reason why I thought that was such a great hire when they picked him up. I mean, it was a great hire, right? I would have taken him at Carolina last year when, when things were going the way they were. So, um, you know, I, I'm not – I think he's going to have – listen, I, I'll say this, and I know everybody hates Clem Sucks. I do too, but, like, Eric Backage is going to have Clem Sucks back in baseball. They're, they're, that's a good program. They're a blue blood. They're Carolina without the national championships. Like, they have a very good program. Like, I'm not too proud to say that. Like, I don't hate right, them right. so much. They got a really good program. Really, really good program. So, Backage is going to have them back. And I, and I hope – what my hope is, is that Carolina Clem Sucks is going to return to being the best rivalry in college baseball because both of these teams are going to be among the elites, which is where they both honestly – belong and where they should both be i mean these are both two elite programs so i'm not shocked at all that they're having a good season in his first year under eric backage he's a damn good coach you know he's a damn good coach and they've caught fire and but carolina took the series like what are we talking about yeah i mean i think they you know they oh i feel i think it's a good idea that you know you throw up bad in the season and then you know you uh catch your breath at the end of the season and he's doing really really good mm-hmm and I feel like that's what happened to us. You know, we, we started doing really good on the beginning of the season, and then now we're out of breath, and we're just getting our ass handed to us. So. Yeah, we're not playing good baseball right now, man. And when you don't play good baseball in the SEC, you're going to get punished for it. You will get punished for it. So, right. It is and what it all, is. All you got to say to Clemson fans is, uh, am I right? Indeed. Hunter, I appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you so much. Hunter's phone line chopping up on us a little bit. Uh, make sure, guys, when you call in the service, your service isn't giving you too many problems. That was – I don't know what was going on there. Either way, guys, let me remind you, by the way, because I just went on uh, <clears throat> just went on Twitter. Uh, do not forget – do not forget that uh, TDC will move exclusively to YouTube beginning on Monday. Also, Sunday night, our first Sunday night live stream. And, guys, I, I don't think it's going to have any special nickname, to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to have any special nickname. It's just simply going to be – it's simply going to be like our series recap. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be just, uh, you know, a rapid reaction, whatever. I, I, you know, rap, yeah, rapid reaction would be good. I don't know. But uh, either way, we're going to go live on Sunday night, and uh, that will be the podcast. And that, that, that's going to be something, guys, I'll tell you this. Over the summer, like once baseball's over, we get in the summer, we will not do that anymore because the whole point of the Sunday night show 
is to talk about what just happened over the weekend, right? And to give, you know, because I, I just genuinely, and this could even change too, because I've been told, hey, Chris, like you really don't need to go live on Sunday and go live on Monday and what have you. Um, but I just love, honestly, guys, I just love, especially during football season, I love that 5 a.m. show being out there. I, I do, I do. And I think it'll be, honestly, I think it'll be a really fun thing, and I think it'll be a popular show, especially during football season, because people on Sunday night are just sitting around. They want to talk ball. They, they, they don't want to wait to go into the week and have to have to wait for the show. Basically, again, what I'm going to be doing is just live streaming me recording the podcast. That's all it's going to be. Weekend wrap-up. That's a good one, Madison. Thank you. Hey, I'm literally going to screenshot that, put that in the BCC, so I don't lose that or forget that name. So. Let's see. Let's see. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for all the punches. I know we have a new camera and things might look a little weird. I'm going to play around with this thing. But uh, the, the biggest reason, listen, the biggest reason I wanted to get a new camera, the biggest reason, you all know that old one was glitching out. And hopefully this one doesn't do the same because I tell you what, if it does, we're just going to go back to the MacBook camera because I'm so tired of this. But, um, you know, just was tired of the camera glitching and everything. So I'm going to play around with the what the what the uh, the picture looks like and all that good stuff. Some of you are saying it's grainy. I mean, it's – I don't know. It's perfectly clear on my end, and it's supposed to be streaming. This is supposed to be streaming in 1080p quality. So I don't know if – I don't know what's going on. Here you go. This is the 720p. Ready? Uh-oh. Here we go. Okay, so that – this is 720p. It doesn't even look much different. I'm going to go back to 1080, though. All right, so I went back to 1080. I'll play with this later. We'll play with this later. Uh, I don't know. Either way. Anyways, guys, uh, big series this weekend. Big series this weekend. Like I said, all it takes is one guy to step up. All it takes is one guy to step up. Um, Gamecocks, like I mentioned, still being projected as regional host, still being projected as top eight national seeds all across the board. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think the Gamecocks, I, I think you're still in a really good position. If you can go four and two over the next six games in the SEC, even if you can go three and three, guys, you end up at 17 and what? 17 and what is this team at right now? Would you be 17 and 12, I believe, right? I'm going to pull up the standings really quick. Obviously, Arkansas leads the way at 17 and seven. Yeah, if you went three and three over your next six, you'd end up at 17 and 12. You'd 110% be hosting. And if you win your midweek next week against Charlotte at home, at home, you'd end up with 40 wins. That would be a pretty quality season. Um, you know, I think obviously what, what's tough is this team started out, what, 36, or no, 34 and 6, 34 and 6, and uh, now sits at 36 and 12. <clears throat> now sits at 36 and 12. So, I know that's a tough pill to stomach, guys, but... You know, baseball is a tough game. You knew, and you knew, you knew this lull was going to come. You knew this lull was going to come. My biggest concern is this. My biggest concern with this team, it's honestly the same, right? You go into this weekend now. I mean, it's just a total crapshoot, right? When it comes to this weekend rotation, who's going to pitch? We have no idea. Who's going to pitch? We have no idea. My biggest concern going in the postseason about South Carolina was the starting rotation and just not having a true number one guy. Um, you know, not having a true number one guy, you know. 
So that's that's what concerns me, I think, more than anything. That's what concerns me more than anything. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the we'll see how the shakeup how the shakeup affects this team. We'll see how the shakeup maybe hey, maybe it'll serve as a spark. Maybe it will serve as a spark for this ball club. Maybe it will. So uh let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The rooster recap. I love it. I love it. The rooster recap. Lynn Turner, people who want to know why there are so many college injuries. I think some of it has to do with the fact we are boy, we have boys playing baseball 10 months a year from the time they are eight. Those repetitive motion issues are coming on younger. Well, Lynn, I'll say this. I don't totally disagree with you. I think that's a lot of the reason you see some injuries happening. But I tell you what, Will Sanders, dude, this guy took the entire summer off. He took the entire fall off. And he still hadn't pitched really worth – he has not pitched up to his standard, our standard, Anybody stand. So, taking all that time off sure as hell did not help him. I, I can tell you that right now. And maybe, every, you know, every guy is different for sure. Every guy is different for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's, it's, there's not one answer. There's not one answer, right? There's not one answer. So, uh, Irritant Guy, how many errors we made the last eight games? A lot. A lot. We've made a lot of errors the last eight games. We've made a lot of errors the last eight games. Uh, yeah, guys, it's sounding like John Edward asking the question. It is sounding like we already know Eli Jones will get the baseball tomorrow. It's sounding like it'll be Eli Jones, James Hicks, and Matthew Becker. So Jones, Hicks, Becker on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is what it's sounding like it will be. Um, that is what it's sounding like it will be. We shall see if that is the case. We may not know until the weekend actually comes. We may not know until the weekend actually comes because Dave Van Horn is very secretive about his weekend rotation. He's very, very secretive. And uh, Mark Kingston, with a little gamesmanship, may do the same, may not release it today. We may not get a starting rotation. Might just be TBA, TBA, TBA. You never know. It might just be TBA across the board, ladies and gents. TBA across the board. You never know. So, uh, guys, highly suggest, again, the conversation with Brad Lawing that dropped this morning. Absolute legendary stuff. And guys, we've got some huge, huge interviews in the pipeline that will air on our live stream, right, at some point, right? Tomorrow morning, I'm chatting with Pete Fuchak of collegefootballnews.com. On Monday, I am chatting in the Big Cock Club, doesn't even know this because it happened this morning, I am chatting with Barrett Salee of CBS Sports. And on Saturday, I've got a conversation with a huge guest that I cannot tell you who it is yet. I'm just going to leave it at that. Huge guest. Huge guest. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. My right shoulder is hurting like a son of a gun because I played a lot of cornhole from sun up to sundown basically yesterday. So my right shoulder is hurting like a son of a gun. But besides that, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I hope you feel better. I'm uh yeah, I'm, I'm doing well on this Thursday, my friend. Appreciate you calling in. Um originally I had us taking a two of three 
But after the way the infield has played the last two weeks, uh, I have I have changed my mind. I definitely think we'll take one out of three, but I I like you. I've got I've got um I've got us losing two of three, and originally I had us taking two of three, but I changed my mind as of yesterday because I thought about it like for a while, but I got us uh, losing two of three this weekend. And like I always say, I don't want us to lose two or three. All this is is a prediction, okay? I want this prediction to be, like, wrong, obviously. But after the way we've played the last couple of weeks, I don't see no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's not a hot take to say that Arkansas is going to take two out of three. It, it's not. And, and nobody, Robbie, I don't think anybody thinks that you think or want, I should say, nobody thinks that you want the Gamecocks to lose, right? But you got to call it as you see it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. Ar- Arkansas is a good team. I mean, they're a very, very good team. They're not 17-7 and seven by accident, but they're not immortal, right? This is a team that got swept by Georgia. And we talk about, like, the last mm-hmm. two weekends changing the narrative for South Carolina. Well, they've changed in the positive for Arkansas because since they got swept by Georgia, they have since swept Texas A&M, quality ball club, and Mississippi State on the road, which I don't give a damn what you think about Mississippi State. Going to start one winning, going to Duty Noble is is always tough. So, you know, it's two teams that are sort of going different directions, um, and we'll see if South Carolina can, you know, can change that because obviously there's a lot on the line for both these squads, right? I mean, you got the Gamecocks who are fighting for, you know, I say a top eight national seed. They're really just fighting to feel good again. They're just fighting to feel good again going into the postseason. Yeah. Fighting, you know, I, I think we're going to be. I mean, it would take a, an epic, epic collapse for Carolina to not be a, a regional host. God forbid. I don't see that happening. Um, but you know, you're fighting for seeding, right? You're fighting for seeding in the SEC tournament. And then, of course, Arkansas. Hell, they're fighting mm-hmm. to win the SEC. They lead the conference right now. So uh, a lot on the line for both these yeah. sides. And I mean, this is what you expect into the season, man. It's high pressure baseball, and this is where you want to be. And I'm sure this team is looking at it this way as well, but it's a great opportunity, man. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, you're Carolina's still the the what the 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 what do we rank? The sixth ranked team? Is that right? Are we still ranked six? I mean, we're still top mm-hmm. ten. Carolina's still a top ten team. We're still you're in sh- the top ten. I know that. Yes, I the sixth ranked team is, in college baseball. You're still the sixth ranked team we're in college baseball. You're facing the third ranked team in college so. baseball. There's still a lot of reasons to be positive and optimistic. Um, it's up to this group, obviously, to band together and block out the outside noise. Not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not even saying it's going to happen. But I think even losing two out of three, I think we can come out of this weekend feeling better about this ball club. I I do believe that. I want to believe that. We'll see if that's the case. But I think this team will play much better baseball. What does that mean? We shall see. Right. And like like you've always said all year long, right, there's going to be times where we play like garbage. And there's going to be times where we look like a team that could go to Omaha and win the whole darn thing. And the last couple of weeks, we have not looked like a team that is possibly bound for Omaha. We have looked like a, for lack of a better term, a bottom of the barrel baseball team the last two weeks. Yeah, we have not played well. Yeah, we have, we have not played well. 
and 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 but we just you know, like it's just we, like same thing with, like like with, with um football right just next man up like we got those injuries all right next man up let's see what you got you got to help this team out we ain't got our we ain't got our best guy out there but we got you and you can go up in there and in my opinion I mean I get it we have injuries but I would not have Messina at third he was struggling big time playing third at Kentucky. He was struggling really bad. Like I, it got to the point where I felt bad for Messina for having to play third. Cause he's not, he's not, he doesn't normally play third. He's either catching or playing first. And we're to the point in the season where <clears throat> we've got some injuries and we got to, we got, we need to, we need to put him somewhere. Yeah. And the only place we can put him at the moment is at third. Well, you got to listen, you got to play the ones you got, man. And when you got injuries, you got to get creative. And so I, I understand what you're saying about mm -hmm. Cole Messina. He's not our number one option over there, but we're running out of options, my friend. So you want to keep his stick yeah, in the You're running out of you, options. You, you got to do what you got to do. Right. You want to keep his stick in the lineup, and you got to find creative ways to, to get all your big bashers in that lineup. Absolutely. So we'll Absolutely. see. I've got Arkansas two of three. You've got Arkansas two of three, and we'll see what happens. Robbie Davis, hey, I appreciate you calling in, my friend. Always a pleasure. No problem, buddy. You have a great one, okay? Yeah, man. You be good. Appreciate it. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. Guys, really, really interesting. Before we go into this break, really interesting article that just dropped from NCAA.com. <clears throat> Albert, or excuse me, Alberto Camargo on NCAA.com. Here's how often each seed makes the College World Series, right? So... Regional seeds, right? One seed, two seed, three seed, four seed. So if you're host, you're obviously a one seed, right? This isn't national seeds. This is just one seed, just hosting a regional. And to Coleman Hall's point, Coleman, I saw your question. He says the Gamecocks are guaranteed a spot in a regional. Yes, Coleman, yes, yes. South Carolina is going to the postseason, yes. I mean, number one, Coleman, because this team is not going to lose every game they have left. They're just not. They're not. We're not going to lose every single game we have left. Carolina's in the postseason. And I would, guys, I'd put my money on it right now. Carolina's hosting. I'd, I'd put my money on it right now. Anyways, I think this is really, really interesting. How important is hosting a regional? Why do you want to host so badly? Well, here's why, guys. Here's why. Since 1999, when this 64-team format began, 74% of teams that were one seeds, went to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The College World Series, 74%. An average of six out of eight College World Series participants each year are number one regional seeds. Six out of eight. So it's possible to get there. You got a 16% chance based off the data as a two seed. You've got a 9% chance as a three seed. And you've got a 1% chance chance as a four seed. There have been two four seeds all time who have made the College World Series. 74% chance. So that's why hosting is so damn important because it is so tough. It is so tough to navigate your way to Omaha having to do it on the road the entire time, right? Really interesting stuff. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into our first break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Do not forget J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. He will join us at 1.15. we got a lot to discuss and a lot to talk about with JC. Looking forward to that conversation. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support, guys. If you love the channel, support the channel, want to support the business, you like what we do, and you're on YouTube, which you're going to be on YouTube starting next week because we're only going to air on YouTube. So I highly suggest those who are tuned in on Facebook get over to YouTube. Um... Because, again, I see Lynn Turner commenting, I don't have a YouTube login because I don't use Google. Well, Lynn, we're only going to be on YouTube, so I don't know what to tell you. I don't know many people that don't have YouTube. Um, but, anyways, you want to support the business, support the channel, you're on YouTube, do so through Super Chat, Super Stickers. Uh, you can do so if you'd like. But either way, guys, I've already made the announcement a couple of times. I will say, again, all of my Facebook people, I will be posting the link every single day on YouTube, or excuse me, on Facebook. I'll be posting the link to the live show every day. But this show will air exclusively on our YouTube channel. Exclusively on our YouTube channel. It just makes the most sense, guys. It's the only platform that can be monetized. And we're going to be putting in the energy, putting in the hours, putting in the time, which will now be 15 hours per week, just on the Monday through Friday. Hours with Todd Smith. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate you, Todd. Appreciate you, Todd. Thank you. Thank you so much. There he is. Boom. Thank you, Todd Smith. Thank you, Todd Smith. Um, you know, again, if we're going to put in, be putting in 15 hours per week, 
you know, it makes sense to do it on the platform that that is best for business and, and best for really content to them. And that's the one I think people are most interactive, most engaging. So we'll be exclusively on YouTube. And yes, Lynn, you're right. You can watch without commenting, but I'll miss you commenting, Lynn. I'll miss you commenting. I actually, Lynn, actually, excuse me, excuse me. What you can do, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you don't have a YouTube login, here's what you can do. Just text the hotline number. This guy right here, 843-790-3377. Simply to shoot that text or shoot your comment to that number in a text, and I'll get it. We're going to be utilizing that text line very, very, um, very often, right? So I would love for you guys to text that number. Honestly, that's another way if you want your questions to stand out. We don't get tons of texts right now. People just comment in the chat box, but uh, that's a good way to make your questions stand out. Also, of course, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. You guys don't have to worry about that. You just comment the TDC Questions channel. We'll get to your questions immediately. Uh, either way, let's get into it. Coleman Hall says, those are great numbers for sure. Speaking on the 75% of one seeds that go to Omaha. Somewhat biased, though, is the one seeds are likely the best teams anyway. Regardless, we can't win on the road, and there's no chance to win in Omaha. I mean, Coleman, I mean, to your point, yeah, for sure, man. The, the one seeds are the best teams. There's a reason they're the one seeds, right? There's a reason they are the one seeds. But um, it's just an interesting statistic. I mean, right, it, it does show that the regular season does absolutely matter. Having a season, I mean, it doesn't matter about, like, you don't need to go undefeated. You don't need to win 50 games. But hosting a regional is a very, very big deal. It's a very big deal, right? It's a very, very big deal to be a one seed in a regional. Um, let's see. Chris says, do you think James Hicks will start Friday or do you think they switch it up and put Jack Mahoney Friday and James Hicks Saturday? Uh, from what I've heard, Christopher, uh, Eli Jones will actually get the start tomorrow night. Eli Jones will get the start. And again, that's coming from JB and JC and the inside of the Gamecocks guys. Um, yeah, Eli Jones gets the start tomorrow night. And from what we've heard, the rumor on the street is, is that Jack Mahoney will not be starting either Saturday or Sunday. That is the word on the street right now. It's so funny, by the way. It's so funny how people get upset when you drop information. You know what I mean? It's it's wild how people act that way because it's like, well, you know, did, did they want you to say this? Did they like info's info, man? Info's info. Like, so it, it's funny how like we know who the starting rotation is going to be. And, you know, I, obviously, listen, I understand it from the inside of the Gamecocks, the big Spur guys, because they directly, they basically report to Mark Kingston. They report to USC. They're under their thumb. We are not. Like, we, we, we are not, we don't have that problem. We don't have that issue. So, if there's some information out there that, for whatever reason, they wanted to keep secret, if we wanted to, like, and I'm not in the breaking news business anyway, so I normally just don't even waste my breath and waste my time, guys. I hear a lot more than I say. I hear a lot more than I say because I generally just don't like dealing with the headache. Like, I really don't because people, they get so up in arms and so in their feelings. And it's like, oh, well, how does he know that? And I don't know that. Like, why am I not cool enough to know that? Why wouldn't Like, it's such an ego thing. And like, bro, I don't have the ego anyways. I don't give a damn. But like, you know, this morning when – I get the tidbit that, hey, Will Sanders is out for the weekend. Like, I'm going to say that. You know what I mean? I don't pretend to be some insider, some purse sources dude, but, like, you get something like that, it's like, well, I'm going to say it. I mean, it, it's – and it couldn't be more solid. I'll just put it that way. It couldn't be more solid. And it's funny that there's people out there that think that 
somehow TSUS doesn't, like we don't have connects. Like, do you actually think that we've got over 100,000 followers across all of our social media platforms? Do you actually think there's any possibility that we don't have connects? Like, do you actually think that's a real thing? Just crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Todd Smith, Will Sanders out with an injury, uh, lower body injury. It's an undisclosed lower body injury. That's all we know right now. Um, From what I was also told, Todd Smith, he was going to be moved out of the weekend rotation and to the bullpen either way. They're shaking things up in the weekend rotation. Let's just put it that way. They're shaking things up, okay? They're shaking things up. It's going to be two new faces on Friday, Saturday. One of them we know for certain, Eli Jones. Matthew Beck are going to start on Sunday, but Jack Mahoney, it sounds like, will also come out of the bullpen. We don't know yet. We don't know. Again, this is all speculation. Nothing official has dropped. But what is official is Will Sanders is out. Yes, sources say he did not kick a locker. He's not suffering the Jake Bentley uh, syndrome, if you will. The Jake Bentley syndrome. Either way. There's a shakeup, and I'll, and I'll tell you this, I, I commend I commend Mark Kingston and company for doing that. I commend them for shaking things up, going into a huge weekend in Fayetteville. Give some other guys opportunities, right? Change things up. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. They're changing things up a bit. I, I think the big thing is this, you just obviously hope that you obviously hope that you get healthy. And, and I, guys, I said it on Inside the Gamecocks, and I'll continue to say it. I think the the loss that people are just not talking about enough and the loss that people are underrating is the loss of Braylon Wimmer and him not being in this lineup and being in the field. And listen, I know he makes more errors than we'd probably like. Maybe he strikes out too much. But Braylon Wimmer is a glue guy on this ball club. Braylon Wimmer is absolutely one of the most pivotal pieces of this ball club. And you take him out, along with the other injuries you have, it is a brutal, brutal blow to this team. Guys, you look at any elite ball club in college baseball, definitely the SEC, what do they have? An elite shortstop. Like being solid up the middle, catcher, pitcher, short second, center field, it's pivotal. It's key. I'm not saying Michael Braswell has not played a solid shortstop. That's not what I'm saying. But when you lose one of your top guys like that, I mean, I think that's of all the guys that are out right now and injured, that to me is the biggest piece that I'm most looking forward to returning because Braylon Wimmer, absolutely one of your leaders on this ball club. And when you're going through a slump like the Gamecocks are, you need those guys. You need those leaders. You need those glue guys to step up and keep things rolling and keep things together and kind of keep navigate you through the adversity, if you will. So getting Braylon Wimmer back, hopefully it happens this weekend, but hopefully sooner rather than later, that is a huge missing piece for this team right now. Excited to get him back, man. Again, it's, it's you know, I think that's one that we just don't give enough credit to of how pivotal that piece is for South Carolina. Uh, guys, again, thank you all so much for tuning in to the live show. Of course, guys, a lot of exciting changes are upcoming to TDC as you know it. Uh, if you really want to go back and you want to listen, I know some of you may have missed it. Some of you are going to get blindsided, which is totally fine with me. But... Uh, the way we produce content, the way we distribute content, it's all changing. It's all changing. Starting next week, TDC going to be noon to three, hour number one. And I'm, I'll tell you this, by the way, guys, because I said yesterday, you know, hour number one is going to be solely me hitting topics. And that is what it's going to be. But if there's a question that comes up that is associated with the topic, 
I'm not saying to you that I will not, that I will not, you know, make that a part of the conversation. But we will not take calls at minimum in the first hour. It'll be more of me. It'll be this, this show will be a lot more. You can think of it almost as like radio. This show will be a lot more organized. I will go into each day with topics that I want to discuss, which with things we want to hit on, the top storylines of that day, right? And so we'll do that in the first hour. In our second hour, we'll have our special guest. And in our third hour, it'll be wide open. It'll be wide open. We'll talk about whatever. You guys can call in hell. We can talk about Gamecocks, not Gamecocks, sports, not sports, whatever. Whatever you want to discuss, okay? So that's how we're going to operate. That's how we're going to rock noon to three, Monday through Friday. Um, also, of course, the Sunday night live streams that will take place in season, whether it be baseball, it be football over the summer. We're not going to do this because it's a little bit of overkill. Brandon M. suggested a great name, the Rowdy Rooster Recap. The, or, or Rowdy Rooster Rundown would be a good one. I, I, if, if I didn't name this show The Daily Crow, the Rowdy Rooster Rundown would have been a great one also. Um, Rowdy Rooster Recap, the weekend wrap-up with TSUS. Or we could just go live and call it whatever the name of the podcast typically would have been. So, either way, that could work as well. Um, and it'll probably be about a 20 to 30-minute show. Nothing much more than that. The Sunday night thing will literally, all I'm really doing is just, instead of just me recording the podcast and setting it up to drop at 5 a.m. on Monday, it'll still drop 5 a.m. Monday, but we'll just go live when we record the podcast. Really maximizing the live streaming and the live streaming capabilities, if you will. Um, yeah, and then, of course, TDC, the podcast version of this show, or the the segments, if you will, from that day, they will drop at 5 p.m. Eastern instead of 3 p.m. Eastern. It just makes more sense, guys. Why not drop it when... People are getting off work, heading home on their, on their commute. It makes more sense. It makes more sense. So, guys, all you need to know is the content is going to be bleeding out the eyeballs. We're increasing content. I'm hitting the freaking gas pedal. And, uh, yeah, excited for it, man. Excited for what's upcoming. Marion, how how long Sanders has had the injury? Has he has his throwing suffered from it? Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't know, Marion. I have no idea. I have no idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, Lynn Turner. I mean, listen, Cole Messina playing third and Jonathan French having to catch. That's another big one, too. That's, that's, that's a huge piece of our struggles as well. I mean, it's a ripple effect, right? I mean, you lose your third baseman, shortstop, and your second baseman, and Noah Hall, and Will Sanders haven't pitched very well. It's almost crazy to think how good of a season we've had. I'm not making excuses. I'm None of that. None of that. But, like, I mean, this team has gone through adversity. There's no question. And, and, and what you hope is, what you hope is, is that the adversity this team has faced is going to make them better off down the stretch, right? It's going to make this team better off down the stretch. That's what you hope. You hope that when we get to postseason play, <clears throat> we're back as healthy as we can be, and the adversity has hardened this team and made this team realize and made this team believe that, Nothing can stop us from achieving our goals and and what we want to do. So, we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, 84379-0337. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support here on this Thursday. Great combo, by the way, this morning with Brad Lawing. Be sure to check it out, guys. And with that being said, again, there will not be a starting next week. <clears throat> there will not be just the way that we distribute content is completely changing, right? 
we're going away from the old traditional, like, okay, you drop this many episodes per week and they've all got to drop at the same time. And this is when you do this, you got to separate this and that. I'm just going completely away from that and just doing a content blitz. That's all it is. So for example, this time next week, right? For example, this time next week, we're going to be playing these interviews on TDC. At minimum, what we'll do, if we don't want to do that, if we got a busy day and I got an interview in the chamber, I'll drop it at 5 o'clock with the Daily Crow on Thursdays. But we're not going to, you know what I'm saying, the way we distribute content is changing. But I'm just telling you guys, I know it's a change. I know people don't like change. But it's a change for the better. Because, again, we're increasing content. There's going to be more content options on the podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast. I'll be posting more links to the podcast a lot more often than I've been doing so as of now. So, again, really, really excited for what's in the pipeline. Really excited what's happening next week. You think to yourself, okay, we're about to go in the summer, about to go in the quote-unquote offseason. He's going to slow down. Hell no. Hell no. We're not going to slow down. We're speeding up. We're hitting the gas pedal, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. SEC tournament going on for softball. Gamecocks get the dub last night. How about that? Gamecocks get the dub one to nothing over Texas A&M. And it looks like, let's see, when does softball play today? Five o'clock Eastern time. Carolina takes on Georgia. The tournament's taking place in Fayetteville, Arkansas. At Arkansas Stadium, so. Uh... Yeah, 5 o'clock Eastern. 5 o'clock Eastern is when South Carolina will take on Georgia. With the way the weather's been, who knows? You might get a time change, but right now I think it's scheduled 5 o'clock Eastern. Florida and Kentucky playing right now in the SEC softball tournament. Madison Duncan says, you said it earlier this season. The slump's going to happen, and you can't predict it. I hope we have passed the hump on the slump. Slump's going to happen. You're right, Madison. You're right. The slump was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. Hey, what's funny about all this, guys, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I picked Arkansas to win two out of three. Okay? I picked Arkansas to win two out of three. But my, oh, my, how much different will the narrative be on Sunday night if we win two out of three? How much different will it be? I knew we were going to be all right, man. We're, we're, we're the best. Like, you know that's what's going to happen. You know that's what's going to happen. So, uh, <clears throat> GA said something as simple as Spurs up Sunday. Okay. All right. I like it. We'll, we'll come up with something catchy. Or, or not. Or not, GA. Like I said, we, we might just we might just literally, let's say the Gamecocks took two out of three, and we might just title the live stream Yardcocks take two of three from Arkansas. Hell, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'll probably get creative with it, though. I, I'll, I'll probably get creative. I don't know. Brendan says, probably going to be closer to six tonight for softball. Weather delay this morning. Okay, so there's Brendan, our, our local weatherman. No, I'm kidding. Appreciate you keeping me updated, Brendan. Closer to six. Yeah, there, there's been a lot. Been a lot of weather delays in the uh, in the tournament. So, Which normally happens in the SEC baseball tournament as well. We all know. We all know, man, shit just 
shit just goes crazy in that tournament. You got games starting at 11 o'clock at night, and some teams have a 9 a.m. That's a fun week, though. I mean, that's a really fun week. And also, guys, let me say that, too. I've said all I've said about, all right, the show's going to go noon to three, we're this, we're that, whatever, with structure. Subject to change based off when Carolina plays certain games. So, I mean, if we play a 2 o'clock game in the SEC tournament, well, we're not going to go live noon to three. Probably going to do a live stream watch-along or a post-game call-in show, something like that. Um, also, guys, after this weekend, I'll say I got some big news for the Big Cock Club members. And those who want to join the Big Cock Club, I will have big news regarding that. And I think something that's going to make – I think something that's going to make the Big Cock Club more inviting and more welcoming to all, because there's a lot of you that I know that tune into TDC every day that I feel like you should be in the Big Cock Club because you love the um, – you know, you 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 love the banter, you love the commentary, um, but for whatever reason, you guys haven't joined, and that's totally fine. You don't have to. I'm just saying that I'm, I think this is going to be a change that makes it more inviting and welcoming for more people. Which is, I, I would love to grow the community. I'd like to grow the community. Uh, Mark Kingston injury report: Will Sanders slight lower body injury will not go on the trip. Wow, looks like that slap dick had it right after all. Looks like this slap dick knew what he was talking about. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. The rotation is set. Eli Jones tomorrow, TBA on Saturday, and Matthew Becker on Sunday. James Hicks could fill that Saturday role. Jack Mahoney will most likely be a bullpen guy this weekend. This is per Mark Kingston. Uh, let's see. Lee Croy and Tippett, good to go this weekend. You love to hear that. Will McGillis and Braylon Wimmer will be on the trip. They're hopeful they will play. Bro, you know what's funny? I could throw up a tweet and be like, looks like I knew something. But, you know, there's no point, man. I, I don't I don't need that. I don't want Because, bro, I don't. As long as the information. That's what I've never, to switch gears. That's what, no, I, I'm not, Bruin Nation, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it looks like this slap dick was right. Because I'm not. You know what I mean? I don't need the pat on the back. I'm not looking for the pat on the back, Bruin Nation. Like, Because here's my thing. When I was a consumer, before I did TSUS, I never cared who tweeted the information. As long as it was accurate, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, we just want to know the info. It doesn't matter to me who knows it, you know? I think what the problem is, the only people, Bruin Nation, everybody else sees on Twitter, the only people that get mad, they're not people who are just fans of the Gamecocks who just want to be in the know. Because if you're that way, if you're a normal human being, you don't care who... As long as the information is accurate, you don't care who says it. The only people who get upset are the people that wish they knew, who wish they were doing what we're doing, who wish that they were doing what the Big Spurs doing, Gamecock Central's doing. Don't you notice that? Oh, as we go, we went out a little bit. Don't you notice that? Only the wannabes on Twitter get pissed off. That only the wannabes. And instead of trying to actually be something and doing something, right, they'd rather just get pissy, get pissed off and talk shit, and make fake YouTube accounts, and make troll accounts like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just so funny to me. It's so funny to me. 
It's absurd. I don't know. Either way, I don't give a damn. We just want the information to be accurate. I'm not, just because of this Will Sanders thing, I'm not pretending to be some per sources dude. I'm not pretending to be some whatever. You know what I mean? It is it is what it is. I'm not telling you I'm going to have every scoop out there. It just, you know, whatever. I, either way. So I, I don't need Brewwood Nation. I'm not going to be out there on Twitter being like, look, I was right, y'all. I mean, I wouldn't even post something like that unless I knew 110% that the source was solid and I trusted it and I wasn't leading people astray because I've got a responsibility. I've got a responsibility to our audience to not feed people BS, feed people nonsense. Like, I, I would never do that. You know what I mean? So, because I'm an opinion-based dude. I, I'm, a, I'm not a per-sources insider guy. Love those guys. J.C. Sherbert's one of them. He does a hell of a job. I'm not one of those guys. I'm an opinion guy. But every now and then, I stumble on a scoop. Every now and then. So, I know even... Even this old slap dick stumbles on a scoop every now and then. I know that's hard to believe, but holy shit. Crazy. Crazy to think about. Anyways, in case you missed it, tell him I was your source. Jeff Gulledge. Uh, anyways, in case you missed it, per Mark Kingston, Eli Jones, TBA, Matthew Becker is your starting rotation. Uh, again, Kingston saying that James Hicks could fill the Saturday role. It does sound like James Hicks is probably going to get the start in that spot. He also says Jack Mahoney will most likely be a bullpen guy this weekend, which is what we had all heard. I, I, I com- Listen, I commend, I commend Mark Kingston and company for shaking things up. I do. I commend them for doing so. Now, they had to, obviously, because Will Sanders is out, but I still commend them for, for being willing to do something different, right? for being willing to do something different because the definition of insanity tried the same thing over and over. You never know. Maybe a guy like Eli Jones, who I thought was really good in Starkville. Really good. I know Mississippi State isn't the best team in the world, but he showed a lot of moxie, a lot of poise. I thought he was really good in Starkville. Maybe it's a guy like Eli Jones who can provide a spark. Maybe it's a guy like that, right? I mean, guys, we've seen it across the history of Carolina baseball. Some guy, some random dude steps up, and then the rest is history. Maybe Eli Jones could be that guy this weekend. Guys, we are going to, as I see, as I see Dale from East Tennessee commenting. God, dude. Dale from East Tennessee commenting on YouTube. Um, Madison Duncan, I'll say I like the YouTube version better. I can keep the show running in the background and still get work done. There you go, Madison. There you go. Yeah. There's a lot of perks to YouTube, my guy. There's a lot of perks. Guys, that being said, we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, speaking of JC, we got my good friend JC Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. He will join us to talk all things South Carolina athletics. Y'all stay tuned for that for much more. We're rocking. We're rolling. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs here on this Thursday. Full combo with JC on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in Thursday, May the 11th, 2023. Just catching up on all the injury updates going into this weekend series against Arkansas. It's crazy. Uh, We now know, per Mark Kingston, the Gamecocks will go Eli Jones tomorrow night, TBA on Saturday, Matthew Becker on Sunday. And he also mentions that, of course, James Hicks is a candidate to fill the Saturday role. He also mentioned that Jack Mahoney will most likely be a bullpen guy this weekend. So kind of going, following what we had heard, what we had talked about, he also confirms 
that Will Sanders is indeed suffering from a lower body injury, will not make the trip to Fayetteville. Also mentions that Will McGillis and Braylon Wimmer will make the trip to Arkansas. Says both are hopeful to play this weekend. Talmadge Lecroy is good to go. Will Tippett's good to go. And now we just see a tweet that Chris Veach should be good to go as well. But it's kind of interesting. As soon as the Gamecocks infield starts to get healthy, all three starting pitchers who started your weekend rotation in this season are not in the weekend rotation. So the hits keep coming. Adversity keeps coming. But that's the game of baseball. And uh, we'll see how the Yardcocks can weather the storm against the Razorbacks. Hey, guys, of course, it's Thursday. And every single Thursday, we bring in my friend J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. He joins us. J.C., what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, great to be with you guys today. Um, nice weather outside where I'm at. And got my Spencer Rattler golf visor on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go hit a few a bucket of balls or something later today. <laughs> I love that. Hey, the weather's warm warm here as well, man. It's uh, the hot days are here. I think what it was, it was 90 degrees in that midweek against North Florida and Columbia. So, summer's here, Ooh. I think. Summer's here, especially in the state of South Carolina, for sure. But again, JC, thank you so much for taking the time, my friend. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier in the show, and you and I talked off air, but excited to have you on Tuesdays starting next week. I'm looking forward to that, shaking things up a little bit, but no matter when we talk, it's always a great conversation. Let, let's dive right into, JC, the question I have been getting all week long. We also saw the Instagram story over the weekend. Logan Diggs, the Notre Dame transfer running back, takes his visit. We, again, saw the picture on, I think it was his mom's Instagram story of Diggs and Shane Beamer in Williams-Brice Stadium speaking to each other. What can you tell us about that visit and how do you feel about the Gamecocks' chances to land him? It looks like it's between South Carolina and LSU for his services. Again, what can you tell us about that visit and where Carolina sits right now? Well, the visit itself went about as good as it could have possibly gone. Um, uh, that's on by all accounts on, on, on Logan's end, on South Carolina's end. Uh, you know, South Carolina went from, you know, working to get him to take a visit to a legitimate threat to land him. Um, and I think that's just a testament as to how this staff recruits and the, the relationships they're able to build, the comfort level that they're able to achieve, uh, which comfort level is what 99.9% of all recruiting decisions are based on. And people are like, well, comfort level, but what about this, this guy that goes here for NIL money? Well, that NIL money makes one comfortable, does it not? <laughs> uh, well, well, well the, the, he said he liked our staff the best, but he's going to Georgia. Well, those national championship trophies, that, that, that helps your comfort level, does it not? You know, uh, so it's all based on comfort level, and, and they're, they're there with, with Logan. Um, I know LSU is still somewhat confident. Uh, I've heard different things about maybe his desire to play for Brian Kelly or not. Uh, obviously, Brian Kelly recruited him to Notre Dame, so you'd kind of sit there and go, well, yeah, he signed with Kelly once. Uh, LSU's at home. Nearly every one of those kids that grows up in that state with very few exceptions, wants to run out of that tunnel on Saturday night in Baton Rouge. I mean, who doesn't? I, I do. I mean, you know, I, I'll run out of it uh, and just hope I don't get hit in the face with a ham sandwich like my Georgia buddy did that time. But uh, it's uh, it, it's tough. I mean, you, you start talking about pulling Louisiana kids from LSU. LSU normally has to, like they did with Travis Etienne and Clemson, they were slow. They slow played him. They signed two or three other backs. Uh, and he said, screw it, you know. Clemson just won the national championship. I'm going to take my talents there. And you see how that worked out for them. It's usually something like that these days when a kid uh, 
decides to go out of state or they're going to Alabama, you know, or someplace like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good. It's a tough haul, uh, a tough pull. Uh, but I think they've got a great story to tell him. I know LSU is uh, to a certain extent trying to say, Oh, well, you know, our guys were hurt last year and look at our depth chart. It's not as stacked as it seemed, but I believe if I'm not mistaken, most of those guys are going to be back by the start of the season. So you know, some gamesmanship going on on the recruiting show, but that, that's called recruiting. I mean, that's how it happens. But Logan, uh, boy, he's a special talent. You, you look at, you know, not not only what he did in the Gator Bowl against Carolina, he had several other monster games, including 17 carries for 114 yards against Clemson, which last time I checked, pretty salty run defense, right? Uh, he's big, he's fast, he has soft hands. I mean, he could the kick could probably line up at receiver and play for most schools, to be honest. Uh, exactly what South Carolina needs. They, they, they I, I'm not as like fatalistic about the running back position as some people that think, oh, if they don't get Diggs or, or some other guy, then the season's in the tank. No, I just think the approach on offense probably becomes a lot more air raid esque, and you're going to see a very, very pass he- pass heavy team. Um, I think with this kid, you get him. You still have to block, still have to block, right? But you get him, you kind of have a. A guy you feel comfortable saying, all right, that's going to be, you know, our 15 to 20 carry a game guy. Uh, and we're going to work to carry on and Juju in and Anderson and all those guys and and, and mix it up that way. So, you know, there, there's hope there that uh, the Gamecocks can land him. I think he'd be an awfully big get. Uh, and considering the competition and where he's from, it makes it even bigger. And uh, after covering national recruiting for a decade and a half, uh, in my mind, I always have all these rules, you know, because it, it worked for me. I, I was right a good bit by sticking to my rules. You know, well, LSU kid from New Orleans, uh, other factors, he's going to LSU, right? Mm-hmm. This staff, guys, Chris, uh, they've rewritten my rules. <laughs> you know, I, every time I turn around, uh, they're in position to pull somebody that's absolutely shocking, or uh, they do pull them most of the time. So I don't count them out. Um, with anybody, Shane Beamer, that staff, Taylor Edwards, those guys that are all working at Monterio Hardesty. So uh, it's a, it's going to be an interesting decision. Um, I'm not sitting here ready to say he's definitely coming to Carolina. Whoa, and we just lost J.C. Sherbert. Let's see if we can get him back. I don't know what just happened. Here we go. There we go. All no. right, we got you back. Yeah. I think yeah, finally like I said, the technical difficulties weren't on me. I'm, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> comfort level, comfort yeah. level. It's probably my internet. Like for, for the past, for like three straight days on the show, like two minutes before the show ends, my internet just conk, conks out. Like, where'd JC go, man? So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, like I said, no guarantees, but uh, I, I don't think I will be very, I will be shot uh, or, or even slight, even. I'll be su- somewhat surprised, but not completely surprised if he does pick South Carolina. Well, JC, sticking with the transfer portal, um, Gamecocks pick up one yesterday as a preferred walk-on, but left tackle or offensive lineman Jackson Hughes from UNC Charlotte. And I say left tackle because he started 11 games or what was it, 12 games. All of their games last year, he started at the left tackle position, started 18 games in three seasons for the 49ers. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. Can you tell us anything about Jackson Hughes? It sounds like yesterday he visited and committed on the spot. Yeah, Northern Guilford High School, which is in the Greensboro area. You know, I talk a lot about geography when I talk about recruiting, and that's been 
that triad area of North Carolina has been a, a tough nut to crack for the Gamecocks uh, through the years. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Stadnick twins were maybe the last last group that they got from up there. That was a long time ago. Uh, but you, you look, it's kids from there, so that's good. And then you got uh, uh, another kid, Jonathan Paler, in the 2024 high school class from Burlington coming. So you, you kind of like to see it. Uh, as far as who this guy is, I mean, he was projected as a defensive end coming out of high school. So he's about 6'5", 250, uh, big athleticism. Uh, sort of reminds me a little bit of Jonathan Austin, who played a long time ago and ended up kind of finding a home on the offensive line, or, or maybe a Terrence Campbell, uh, who all did the same thing. Uh, Laurel Johnson did the same thing. I'm just naming guys that, that moved over that had success through the years. Um, so he's that kind of guy, you know, and, uh, what I was told yesterday when I, I was confirming the commitment, like, yes, he is a preferred walk on, but, but let's not joke around. This guy's huge for us. And, uh, I was like, good, you know, because I, I as I sat there in deep thought yesterday, Chris, I had, I had a thinking day yesterday. Right. And, uh, I'm sitting around thinking all day, you know, taking phone calls, stuff like that. And it, it started creeping in on me that, you know, if you got one position right now that maybe nobody's talking about because you have a lot of players coming back and stuff and they did get better as the season went on and they're recruiting lights out at this spot right now. So, so it's not really on the radar. It's offensive line. I mean, cause you're not only down Jalen Nichols, you know, case and Henry is a guy that they, they thought could come in and compete maybe for a starting job opposite Jalen Nichols. Well, you know, he's had, Knee, knee issues, sat out springs. So you're not sure about him. Uh, Sidney Fugar, to me, is, is a guy I spent some time with. I think he's got a bright future. I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go play left tackle or right tackle in the SEC uh, for the, the long time. You know, th this this year, I think uh, he, he's probably a guy you look at for next season. Uh, and that's just guessing. Maybe he, maybe he turns it on uh, in the fall. Uh, but uh, getting a guy with that kind of experience, I don't care what level you're at, um, that's a good, you know, especially considering it's not going to cost you a scholarship. That's a good guy uh, to come in and compete and, and see what he can do. I, I do like his athletic ability. I like what I, you know, I saw from Charlotte's offensive line this year, especially the pass blocking department, which Carolina may be very pass heavy. Um, and so I, I think it's a sneaky good pickup, uh, a resourceful pickup out of the portal uh, for the Gamecocks, and uh, we'll see what happens. JC, really quickly, going back to Logan Diggs, because we're getting questions. Is there any indication of when he's set to announce, or is that just kind of wide open at this point? Following his LSU visit, because, I mean, you know, most of these guys, they 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 need to be back. Shoot, I think Carolina reports back on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so you, it's not going to be any longer than a couple of weeks, uh, okay. you know, for them. So, because uh, he's got to get, and get moved and enrolled and, all that happy stuff. So I, I don't expect it to linger too much longer past his LSU visit at all. Okay. Got you. Now, right now, of course, JC, we are on a, what do you want to call it? I was going to say we're in welcome home season. I'm referring to the welcome home tour, not exactly recruiting. Of course, that's still going on, but uh, you know, we're in the, uh, what, do you, what do you call those coaches uh, appearances or, or whatever? Every school does. The, the, every... The, I think Spurrier called it talking season. This is still talking uh, season. Okay, so we're in the, we're in the we're like, talking season. 
we're in the in the booster circuit talking portion <laughs> of talk, talking season because then go. you got the summer media talking season and then yeah. the August talking and, and it all starts with what I call list season. You know those those start oh, yeah. now in March. Yeah, yeah, Everybody's yeah. putting out lists. You know, list so season, kind of, Rushmore season, whatever. Yeah, season. Either way, you know. Shane Beamer is on the trail, talking with different people, fans going across the state, doing his deal. So little tidbits come out from that here and there. Um, just wanted to bring this one up, and I know JC. Obviously, we we're expecting this, but I know obviously Mo Caba, one of your favorites, a Carolina Rise athlete. Shane Beamer confirming that both Mo Caba. And Jordan Strawn, he's expecting them to both be 100% full go by the time practice rolls around in August. Obviously, that's got to be music to Gamecock fans' ears when you talk about the defensive side. And obviously, you're going to have some new faces in the secondary, or at least new starters. And, you know, having Strawn off the edge and having Mo Coppa at that linebacker position and knowing they're going to be 100% good to go when kickoff happens, when the season starts, huge, huge boost to that defense. Yeah, losing those two in the Arkansas game, that that kind of sent the defense into a little bit of a spiral for a bit last year, if you remember, because like the next week they couldn't stop Georgia at all. And of course, they had like five starters out for that one. Uh, came back with the get right game, still gave up problems. They were kind of leaky, is what I would call it. Uh, but then they got right. You know, they they, they took Kentucky down. Uh, they started uh, starting with A&M, started forcing turnovers. Again. We're actually starting with Kentucky. They started forcing turnovers again, just like the 2021 defense did. Um, and, you know, with the exception of a, a bad outing at Florida where, you know, nobody played well, you know, I, I thought I thought the defense held up pretty well. But when you lose a Mo Caba and then you have to go back to, to Sherrod Green, who was never really the Sherrod Green that got injured two times in a row uh, last year. He played his butt off. I'm not criticizing him. I'm glad he signed a free agency contract. I think the kid's talented. But – you know, when you when you go through a lot of injuries like that, like in back to back years, especially, it, you know, mentally you got to get back, uh, and you got to depend on Stone Blanton, who probably wasn't ready to go in and play a lot. You know, Debo Williams plays a lot. Brad Johnson, you know, Mokaba was a guy. If you look, if you look at how he played those first two games before he got hurt, he was flying around, and there's just something a little different about him. Now this is his second ACL, but the first time was in high school, so it, it's kind of in the rearview mirror. Uh, I did have a chance to spend some time with him at the Carolina Rise events, and he's walking around fine. Uh, you know, Jalen Nichols was there too, and Jalen has a, a like a, a cast on. You know, he, he's just limping around and all that. But Mo looked just fine and looks in good shape. Uh, he was placed third in the wing eating contest in Columbia, so I thought that was cool. And uh, you know, they need him. They need Mo Caba uh, to, to, to not only uh, come back, get a starting job, but to have a really good year. Uh, I think Stone Blanton is is guys gotten better. I think Pup Howard's going to be an amazing player for South Carolina. Uh, I, I you know I think Debo Williams certainly uh, when he's in the right position, you know you're not going to break many tackles against that guy. Uh, so I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel for the linebacking core, so to speak. But but Chris, uh, they need a healthy and good Mokaba. And in the same way, you, you need as many pass rushers as you can get. And Jordan Strawn to me for about two years now has been, if you're just talking pass rushing, you're just kind of granularizing that, that he's been the best on the team. I thought he's a better pass rusher than Aaron Sterling or, or, or Kingsley and Iqbari for that matter uh, in 2021, if you're just talking about that. And then last year, boy, he was poised to have a really good season and go on to the NFL. And unfortunately the injury happened, but he's back. 
uh, and, and you need him. You know, no matter who you get out of the portal, I think you still have to have a Jordan Strong and have to have a strong plan at a high level. JC, since we're on the subject of defense, I know we'll dive into this much, much more in detail as we go throughout the summer. But when you look at this defense this year, you know, it's always important that you have that leader, right? There's always a guy I feel like that takes ownership of the defense. I'll never forget a couple of years ago, it was in spring ball, but Ernest Jones literally came out in like a media appearance and said, this is my defense, which I, I loved it. I loved the attitude because you need that guy to kind of turn to when things are – you know, when you're in SEC play and you're in those those uh, those those tense moments or those high pressure moments, like you look towards your leaders or whatever, if you will. Who do you think that guy is on this defense? Do you think it's a Mo Kaba? Is it a Nicky Mawari at the back end? Is it is it a Huntley or a Tonka up front? Like, is it is there one guy that sticks out? Do you do you think it'll be a bunch of guys? Like, is there that one dude that stands out to you as like the leader of the group? If I could pick one, I think Mo is a good candidate, even though he was injured last year. I I, uh, I don't think I'd go that far with Nick and Warre, maybe a DQ Smith. I mean, those those two guys, I think they're still young. They're very good, but they're young. Maybe a Marcellus Dial or, or O'Donnell Fortune. Uh, those are your two projected starting corners. Uh, you know, they're a kid like Kwan Banks, uh, who's early in his Carolina career, he has that type of you know moxie about him. Uh, we just, I just don't know if he's going to play enough or, or, or whatnot. You know, of course, everybody loves Boogie. Uh, so I, if I had to go with two, I've named a lot of names there, and that's always a bad answer. But uh, if I had to go with two, I'd probably go Mo and, and Boogie and Tonka uh, just because those guys – I'll just go with two. I'll go with Mo and Boogie and, and go from there. So th- those would be the two guys I would circle. Well, and I was going to say, and to be fair also, it's a tough question because these are guys that emerge as the season unfolds and who's making plays and, you know, a lot of guys lead by example, right? So this is something that I think as the season progresses, especially some new guys sliding in some new roles or new starters, those guys could emerge as uh, leaders of your football team. JC, a huge series this weekend for the Yardcocks as we shift the baseball. And I mentioned it, obviously teased it when uh, we brought you into the show, but I mean, the, it's, it's, we've officially reached the point of the season where, I mean, you like adversity? Well, it's right here for you, man. Injuries all over the place. Looks like you finally have your infielders. A lot of your infield is coming back as Braylon Wimmer and Will McGillis. They will travel. Talmaj Lecroy is in the lineup. Will, uh, will Tippett is healthy. But then your starting rotation. It's going to be a brand-new-look starting rotation with Eli Jones going tomorrow, Matthew Becker on Sunday, TBA on Saturday. But we got a pretty good indication that James Hicks – is likely to get the baseball. Looks like Jack Mahoney is going to come out of the pen. Will Sanders is hurt. My friend, pick your storyline, right? Oh, by the way, you've also got to face off against the third-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks who have been rock solid all year. They lead the SEC with a 17-7 and record. So I'll tell you this, JC, and I'll set you up with this. Something's got to give this weekend in Fayetteville. Arkansas has won six in a row in SEC play. You're one in five in your last six. You've lost six of your last eight. Something's got to give for the Yardcocks this weekend. Yeah, you know, that's just a tough place to go. I think I think we were talking earlier on the show, Chris, that Eli Jones, right, you know, first two SEC starts of his career. And by the way, Eli, for, for those that are kind of wondering about next year, I, I think Eli's probably a safe bet to be a weekend starter if you're kind of piecing together the rotation in your mind for next season. But, uh, you know, first start was at Mississippi State. Uh, obviously, Mississippi State's not an easy place to play. They were behind the eight ball and – and he went out there and pitched good in game one. Mississippi State's pitching's terrible, but they can still hit the ball. Uh, and it was out there, so he responded in that environment. And then, 
you know, you're going to bomb stadium and that's uh, even, you know, I can't decide when both are rocking and rolling, like which one's the better one. Uh, it's probably Mississippi state, but Arkansas is awesome too. Uh, so yeah, there you go. They're going to be calling the pigs and woo, woo pig suing to him and, and all that. And you, you can let it get away from you in a hurry. I, I think, um, you know, the good news is Cole Messina is probably going to be back behind the plate. Uh, Mark, Mark Kingston updated some uh, injuries uh, and uh, some of these guys are going to be good to go. McGillis is traveling. Wimmer's traveling. LaCroix traveling. Uh, I think getting that infield back together uh, is, is huge because, mm-hmm. you know, some of these hits, although I, I agree uh, with the point you made earlier, Chris, I, they, they just need to just say, get your head out of your butt and, and throw strikes. Right. Like you, like you said earlier, I mean, like, you know, uh, they haven't been pitching well, regardless. Well, but, and two, not, not so, to cut you off, JC, yeah. but the, the return of Tippett is huge because it allows yeah. a Lee Croy to go back to third, which puts Messina behind the dish. So maybe, yeah. maybe that solves all the problems. I, I don't who, know. Who knows? who knows? It's a funny game, you know, right, but uh, he, uh, I do think that, you know, and, and, you know, errors, fielding errors, mistakes, uh, that little things that cost you, um, you know, getting Wimmer back, uh, it, it, you know, that would be huge if, if he does come back or he's at least able to maybe pinch hit or something like that. So, you look, they're getting healthier. We knew this. We knew this would, This was kind of the timeline. The Sanders news was uh, a surprise. But uh, uh, guess what? I, I, I want to clarify. Um, he was probably coming out of the bullpen anyway mm-hmm. this weekend. So, uh, I, I, I and I, you know, I have that a pretty good authority. So, you know, I, 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 Will's probably a pretty good bullpen pitcher, and, and, and I'm intrigued by Mahoney too. But, uh, you know, that was they were going to, they weren't just going to stand pat and, and watch what they have watched the last two weeks for this pitching staff and not make any changes because, you know, you, you see enough, you see enough. So we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, glad Cole Messina is going to be back behind the plate. Eli Jones uh, has a chance to really get in there. And, and if he has a good outing, um, Gamecocks refocus. You never know what's going to happen. Arkansas is dealing with some injuries too, so uh, it should be a heck of a heck of a series out in Fayetteville. At least I hope it is. I'm kind of getting sick of uh, you know getting home, uh, and it's uh, first pitch is what seven o'clock, and it's seven o three, and it's already five nothing the other team. <laughs> and I'm like, God, like if I, if I don't turn the game on right when it starts, I'm missing something, you know. But it's uh, uh, it's an important series, I think, for the Gamecocks to go at least get right, uh, hopefully salvage a win, get back. You owe Charlotte a beatdown after what happened earlier. They're kind of a mouthy bunch anyway sometimes. And uh, and then you got, speaking of mouthy bunches, you got the Tennessee Vols coming in that, that weekend, <laughs> and they hadn't done too well on the road this year. So uh, there's a chance, you know, as you pointed out earlier, the goal is to go four and two in your last six SEC games. And if you do that, uh, I think Carolina will be made back – depending on kind of what happens elsewhere, majorly in the discussion for a top eight, if you get a four and two finish. Mm. A lot of baseball left, JC. And like you mentioned, it is a funny game. So don't uh, don't put that final nail in the coffin of the Yardcocks just mm-hmm. yet. They might surprise you. JC Sherwood of Inside the Gamecocks. JC, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Thank you all so much. Y'all keep up the great work. And looking forward to chatting with you now on Tuesdays, my man. And then I'll jump on you guys' show on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Tuesday's a great day for me. I do a lot of radio <laughs> that day and stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about the switch. So we'll talk yeah, to you guys soon. Yeah, JC, looking forward to it, my friend. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Take care. 
Great stuff, guys, from J.C. Sherbert. As always, really appreciate him taking the time to jump on the show. And like I mentioned, he will now join the show. He will now join the show on Tuesdays versus Thursdays. Uh, a couple of different reasons we're making the switch. One of the big ones because J.D. Paquel is available on Thursday. So he will join the show on Thursdays, J.C. on Tuesdays. We are loading up on our daily guests on TDC. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. Jeff Gullish says, JC's always awesome. Indeed he is. Indeed he is. No doubt. No doubt for sure. No doubt for sure. Um, Let's see. Anyways, anyways, guys. Where oh where is Noah Hall, says Brett Butler. Injured. And Brett Butler, I would not hold your breath on him returning anytime soon. Guys, we'll be back in five minutes. We're going to jump into one final break, but I want to talk about why just avoiding a sweep is massive this weekend. It's it's massive for a couple of reasons, what the numbers say about it, all that and more, guys. And we'll close out with your questions, comments, calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 15 minutes or so here in The Daily Crow, taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday, May the 11th, 2023. Guys, I wanted to, and I teased it before we went to the break, wanted to talk about why is it so important to go three and three or better, but three and three or better. Let me give you an indication. This, these numbers are were taken after the 2021 season, okay? So they've obviously changed over the last year or so, but the point still stands. Okay. SEC teams by conference wins since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1999. What this is a breakdown of is how many SEC wins you finish with, right? The teams that finish with those wins, if you will. How many SEC wins you finish with and what percentage of those teams made the postseason, okay? So, for example, since 1999, teams that finished with 11 or fewer SEC wins made the postseason 0% of the time. All right, you get where I'm coming from now, right? It's been 57 total teams. None of them made the postseason. Again, these numbers were updated as of last year. We don't have the postseason of last year included, but these numbers still stand. So, you sit right now 14-9 and in SEC play with six more games to go. Hear me out. Even if you went two and four, nobody wants to do that. But even if you went two and four, since 1999, teams that have won 16 or more SEC games have made the postseason 100% of the time. Normally, when you want to get in that hosting conversation, 17 or more is normally a lot to get you in as long as your RPI is in good shape. You've taken care of your business in the non-conference, et cetera, okay? 73% have made the postseason with 15 SEC wins. 63% have made the postseason with 14 wins. 39% have made the postseason with 13 wins. And 18% have made the postseason with 12 wins. Of course, again, 0% with 11 or fewer. So again, what's the goal over the last two weekends? Go three and three or better. Three and three or better, I think you lock up a hosting spot. 
You lock up the regionals. Of course, you're in the postseason no matter what at this point. Um, but you want to lock up that hosting spot. Three and three or better, in my opinion, is the goal. That's why it's so important. Even if you just salvage one. We want more than one, obviously. We want more than one because of what's happened recently. But on the road against a top five team, there's honestly no shame in, 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 in winning one out of three. The goal is to win two out of three. You go one out of three, you can live with that. It is the sweep. That's why the sweep at Kentucky was so detrimental. I mean, even if you lose two out of three, that's one thing. It happens. Getting swept, that hurts. That really, really, really hurts. That really hurts. So we'll see if South Carolina can do that this weekend. And you're certainly, you'd get way ahead of the eight ball if you can take two out of three this weekend. You'd get way ahead of things. And you never know. This is a funny game. It might happen. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. If you guys want to call in, if you guys want to call in, we will take your questions, comments, and calls for the final 15 minutes or so. If you'd like to text in, we'll take your text. Here we go. Here we go. We got a text here that says, this pitching staff is making me want to ask Spencer. Oh, that was we had that one yesterday. Making me want to ask Spencer Rattler if he can start on Sunday. Well, in case you missed it, he's not starting on Sunday. And the weekend rotation, the weekend rotation is going to be Eli Jones tomorrow night, TBA on Saturday, and Matthew Becker on Sunday. And again, I commend Mark Kingston for shaking things up a bit. I really do. I commend him. I commend him for doing so. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over. Of course, injuries have forced your hand. But from what we've been told, Will Sanders was going to come out of the bullpen anyways. So we'll see if the shakeup pays off. I'm excited to watch Eli Jones throw the rubber, man. I, I, I feel good about Eli Jones. And here's the official graphic that just dropped. Or dropped, yeah, dropped three minutes ago from Gamecocks Baseball. Of course, my guy Brendan's already on it. Uh, the graphic has dropped. It is official. Jones, TBA, Becker. Again, I, I feel confident in Eli Jones. I liked what I saw from Eli Jones in Starkville. He was poised. He was composed. He did not look like that was his first SEC start out there. And so I expect to see more of the same. I think this will be a ball club that will play like they expect to win behind the performance of an Eli Jones. And as we mentioned before, guys, all it takes is one guy to pitch his ass off or have a big night swinging a stick, and all of a sudden you're up 1-0 in the series, and you're playing with house money. Maybe Eli Jones can be that guy. Again, I loved what I saw from him in Starkville. You know one thing. He's not going to back down. He's not going to be intimidated. This is a guy that I'm sure he believes he should be a weekend starter. A static to watch him tow the rubber tomorrow night. I think he's going to give the Yardcocks a shot. I think he's going to give the Yardcocks a shot to get off to a big start in this weekend series. So, we shall see. We shall see. Um, again, looking forward to it, man. I think Eli Jones, you could do much, much worse. Much worse than that. Revised, this is via on three sports, by the way. Revised Missouri NIL law allows high schoolers to get paid as soon as they sign with an in-state school. Quote, they're the first state that I'm aware of to basically implement that you're allowed to use NIL for recruiting. Wow. Okay. 
And I, you know, I always think it's funny when I see people saying that that NIL is NIL's ruining college sports. I don't think so. I, I really don't, guys. It's it's the same, in my opinion, as it's always been. There's some things that are different for sure, but guys getting paid was always happening. Now it's just out in the open. Like, has anything really changed? Has NIL really changed the game? I mean, I think if anything, it has made it more because it's out in the open. There's more organization. Maybe it's less of the wild, wild west. But I mean, this was always happening. It it was. It was always happening. So, I, I just, maybe I'm biased because I love college sports and I love college football and you know, I, I just, I think it would take a lot. I'm not saying it makes the game more likable, as our good friend Phil has said many times. Does it make the game less likable? I mean, sure. Sure, maybe it does. Maybe it does. To some, it does. But, I, you know, I, I just, I think it'd take a lot for, it, it would take a lot for, like, college football to see a decline in interest. I, I just... I think people are always going to tune into their teams. They're always going to tune in and be rowdy and be crazy and all the things that make college football great. I, I, and I think what it's causing, because I, I see Jacob E. saying the collective the collectives are going to ruin it for all. What do you mean by that, Jacob? Expand on that. Because as you know, J.C. Sherbert owns and operates a collective, Carolina Rise. I mean, all I see is the collectives as being Jacob is – they are organizations put in place to create a middleman between the fans and the players and to compensate the players. Without the collectives, again, it would just be the wild, wild west. Where would the money go? Would there be a channel for fans to give money to their favorite players? Would there be a channel for those deals to be facilitated? And I will say this because he also says, Jacob says, basically free agency at this point. And to your point, Jacob, I'll say this. In some ways, it is. Not every player, but for some, it is. What's going to happen is, and maybe this makes college football less inviting or less likable, but the way fans, I think, used to attach their favorite players because when they signed as a true freshman, you know, transferring used to be a thing, but not really, not a whole lot. Fans used to know that when a guy signed with their school, He was going to be there all four years, five years, however long he's there. Now, I would probably caution people against getting attached to their favorite players to a point where you just got to keep in mind that crazy things can happen and and guys can leave. It just, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that like, I'm just pointing out that it's possible. It's possible. So... It's just the new reality of college football. Maybe I've just accepted it. I don't know. Maybe I've just accepted it.
Jacob says, I mean, it's the Gilbert Edmonds and Jordan Birches that kill. They left a starting spot in the SEC for a bigger paycheck. I mean, Jacob E., I, they obviously wanted to leave South Carolina. They, they, they must have wanted to, my man. They must have wanted to. Because like you mentioned, they had a starting spot in the SEC. I, I think that, again, I, I've mentioned this before. I, I think that's one of the things that's so frustrating is when guys leave, we get some bogus BS. You know, I want to thank this person. That's what, with that being said, I'll be entering. Like, you don't, we don't get real reasons why guys are leaving. That would help us a lot, I think, if we got, like, real explanations. You know, that would help a lot. That would help ease some of the confusion a lot, you know? I don't know. Jacob, be blatant tampering, and it seems like nothing can be done. Yeah, Jacob, I don't know what you can do, man. I don't know what you can do, right? I mean, hell, there was an article the other day about Marshawn Lloyd talking about Southern Cal, and he had talked to Caleb Williams before. Is that tampering? Are players talking to each other tampering? I, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I liked what Beamer said. He went on some radio thing yesterday and just just said that, man, listen, I, I, I got 120 players I'm responsible for. I worry about the ones we got. It's kind of the all we got is all we need mentality. I worry about the ones we got. That's it. I don't have time to worry about guys that don't want to be part of the program. So you could look at it this way, Jacob. You could look at it this way that maybe it's a positive that guys that don't want to be part of the program, they don't have to be. They don't have to be. They're not stuck. They're not stuck on the roster to be a cancer to others. They don't have to be part of the program. They, they, you, you have the freedom. You got the free free choice. You can get rid of your cancers in the locker room. They don't have to be there. I don't know. But I understand why it's frustrating. And I don't know what's going to be implemented. I think there will be some structure put in place when it comes to NIL because, again, right now it's just wide open. But I don't know how you stop the tampering. Unless you make the, the penalty so severe. But, guys, since the start of time, coaches and assistant coaches and recruiters and people who recruit, they've, they found loopholes in the system, man. People are looking for the competitive advantage. I mean, Jacob E., let me ask you this and everybody else. What would you rather have happen? South Carolina bend the rules and, and get the best players and have a winning football program or Carolina keep their nose clean and be 110% obedient to the law but win six games a year? Well, I know what your answer is, and you know what my answer is. It's just the game, man. We all play the game. It is the game. Carolina's coaches are doing the same thing, man. <laughs> We're all, they're all doing the same because you have to. You have to. It's the reality of it, man. And it's just, that's where we are. That's where we are in college football, especially college athletics as a whole. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Hey, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. I want to say thank you yet again to J.C. Sherbert of the fantastic conversation with him. Uh, Guys, the podcast version of this will drop at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock from now on, all of our podcast content on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, that will drop at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So we're going to hit everybody on their commute home. 
excited for that. Guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.